And what she was saying was, um, was basically, like, you know, sometimes we're like, well, for me, let me talk from my perspective, right? I would be like, I'm not, I can't leave my bed until I've spoken to God. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't go toilet until I've spoken to God. It will interrupt the whole thing. But like, sometimes it's, it's, it's not like that. Sometimes you just need to get out of your usual space. Just like you said, you know, sometimes you just need to move. Sometimes you need something to eat. And like, God isn't there thinking, you're so greedy. How could you just be eating? You're just munching. Do you get what I mean? No, sometimes you need a coffee and the Bible. Do you understand what I'm saying? Coffee and prayer. Hey. Um, sometimes you, and some, sometimes in order for us to receive, you know, I've, I've received the greatest revelations when I've been asleep. Like, the great, like, sometimes you genuinely just need to sleep. Like, God can't push past some of the fatigue and the tiredness. Sometimes, just go to bed. Like, this is not competition, you know what I mean? In heaven, we'll get crowns and all of that, but no one's going to be, like, giving you a medal for the most prayed-up person, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't work like that. Sometimes, just sleep and see what God pulls out in your spirit, right? And so, but I love some of the points that everybody made today because Mary and Martha are so, they're key characters and they hold key principles for how we want to be, especially Mary, right? We want, to be, we want to be able to invite God into what we're doing, like Martha, right? We want to be able to serve, but like we said last week and we established, and as Pastor Aya said, you know, she was distracted with much serving in a context that requires her to be present, right? And so this week, I really, really want to speak, we're going to continue this conversation on cultivating intimacy, right? The culture of intimacy. We want to continue to do that. And I really believe that we're in a season where God actually desires for us to do that, right? And so I want us to just really, I'm going to read the scripture but today, I want you to tap your, na- your neighbor and say, um, the, mar- the print of presence. The print of presence. Touch someone else and say, the print, of presence. the print of presence. So last week, we spoke about the culture, cultivating the culture of intimacy, right? But today, I really want to speak about the benefits. Like, I want to really, really hone into the benefits of being with God, being in his presence. And as you guys were speaking, you kind of started touching on points that I really want to get into today, which I believe are very, very vital. And so today we're speaking about the print of presence. And so last week it was Mary and Martha. This week, we want to just really touch on Moses. I feel like Moses was a great illustration of a person that lived from presence that cultivated intimacy with God in order for him to show up and to be who he is. Because intimacy is for us in terms of receiving from God. It's a divine exchange that we get to participate in, but also it empowers us for us to show up, right? Without the burning bush, would there be a Moses? Would there be an Exodus, right? And so we need encounter. We need God's presence. And so I'm going to read um, from Exodus chapter 34 from verses 1 to 9, and then we'll skip down to verses 27 to 28. 
And so it reads, And the Lord said to Moses, Cut two tablets of stone like the first ones, and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. So be ready in the morning and come up. Everyone say, come up. In the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain. And no man shall come up with you and let no man be seen throughout all the mountain. Let neither flocks nor herds feed before that mountain. So he cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. Then Moses rose early in the morning and went up to Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he took in his hand the two tablets of stone. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiven in iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. Then he said, if now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we are a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance. Verses 27 to 28, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write these words, for according to the ten of these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. So he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. God bless the reading of his word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and honor you for, you know, just your presence being in this place, Lord God. Your word says where two or three are gathered in your name, you are here in our midst. And Father, we just give you glory for being here, Lord God. Father, I just ask that, Lord, as I speak, that the words will be written on the hearts of your children. I pray that it will cause transformation. I pray, Father, Lord God, that it will galvanize and it will shift, Lord God, um, the lives of your children like never before. Heavenly Father, we pray good ground for seed and we declare flourishing in the name of Jesus, fruitfulness in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. And so... Here, just a summary, you know, we have Moses, you know, Exodus chapter 33, he's saying, Lord, show me your glory because God was not going to go with the children of Israel because they were stiff-necked, they were rebellious. And so Moses is like, look, listen, he starts making intercession and he's like, listen, like, we need you. Like, and his negotiation skills is how will they know? that, you know, we are set apart, that you are with, if you don't go with us, right? And then in the end, Moses is like, show me your glory, show me who you are, God, right? And so God reveals himself to Moses. Now in Exodus 34, God now calls Moses up to the mountain. He tells him like, I want you to come by yourself, ain't nobody with you, not even cattle or whoever, I want you right? And Moses responds. And in between that discourse that he has with God on that mountain, um, Moses has an encounter with God. He has an encounter with who he is. And through that, he receives um, commands and instructions for the children of Israel. And then we find in Exodus 35, he also gets instructions concerning building and establishing God's presence for the children of Israel. 
And so I believe that there are key principles that we can take from this passage of scripture when it pertains to us cultivating a culture of intimacy. Amen? And so the first thing that I really want to emphasize with this dialogue that Moses is having with God and also what happens in between that time is that you need divine appointments with God. Like you need it. Giving God your time is essential. Like you need divine appointments with God. So last week we, I, I discussed about, you know, making this intimacy, intimacy thing a lifestyle, right? Like we choose presence over pressure. We could be wherever we need to be, right? Um, and we can encounter God. But there's something about set time with God that is necessary. And I call that a divine appointment. This was a divine appointment that Moses had. God called Moses to come up, right? There was a time and there was a place Moses had an appointment with destiny. He had an appointment with destiny. Moses was separated away from the distractions, away from anything that could take his, his focus. God was so, in, he was very, very intricate. He said, like, not even the cattle, don't bring nothing near this mountain. Like, I want you. Come up. He basically said, bring your journal and pen. I want your mind, I want your heart, and I want you to be ready to receive, Right? so that he can receive impartation and he can receive instruction, right? And so Moses went, Moses went basically ready for God. He came ready for God. There was a response that he had. God said, come up, Moses came, right? And so, not this slide, please. Not this slide. Thank you. Um, Moses came up to receive. And so my question to you is, do you have a time that you may meet with God? Do you have a location? When is your appointment with destiny? I remember having this conversation with someone. I said, look, like, listen, the presence of God, having fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that is a lifestyle. But you need, like, specific time with God. Like, and sometimes that specific time doesn't look daily for some of us, right? It can be like time that you've carved out, like three times a week. I have three hours away with God. Yes, I have my hour in the morning where I'm in the word, I'm presenting myself, etc. But there is time that I'm putting aside to encounter God, to receive from him. Like, it's time that I have not put limits or constraints on, Right? And that was me. There was a time, there was a season for many years, actually, to be honest with you, where I had four or five hours. I would wake up at 5 a.m. and spend time with God and then get ready for work. Sometimes 4 a.m. Now, I spent that time with God in that season, but it was a divine setup for this season. Right? Because in this season, that's not how it looks like. I have someone that dictates to me what I can and cannot do right now, right? <laughs> so we thank God. But that wasn't, that season was specific. That was a time that God could pour into me. And even in this season, I have to think, okay, when am I most alive? When do I have most energy? God, I'm going to give that to you. 
I'm going to give you two hours between the hours of three and five. Let me wake up earlier. Let me do all the work I need to do. At three, I want to have a divine appointment with you. I want an appointment with destiny. And that's what happened with Moses, right? And so I believe that there is a value, a premium that we need to put on our times with God. The reason why we don't set that time aside is because we don't value it enough. We can value other things, but we don't value the time we've got. We can't see the premium of it. And I believe in this season, God wants you to see the value of being with him. Moses responded to God because he saw the value of being with God. He responded according to value. God was the first. Seek first the kingdom of God, right? And so it's a little bit like me and my husband have date nights every week, right? Once it's in the diary, it's not up for negotiation. That's our date night, right? Why? Because we value it. Why? Because it deepens our intimacy, right? Our lives are busy, yes, but that is a time that we can focus in and look into each other's eyes and tell each other how much we love each other and all of that great stuff, right? If it's not that, we're exerting energy together, right? And so, but why is it not up for negotiation? Because we see the value in it, right? And because we see the value in it, it's okay for me to say no to other things. Oh, I can't do Fridays, so sorry. I've got got date night. I don't even need to explain my point. I'm just not available, right? And I think that we need to have that type of energy when it comes to God right? Saturday mornings, right? I wake up at 9am between 9 and midday. I look, it's not up for negotiation. Do not disturb. My phone's off. I just have my journal, my pen and my room is closed, right? That's the energy that we're supposed to have when it comes to God. Why? Because it's a divine appointment with destiny. That time you have with God is pregnant with destiny. And maybe some of the clarity And some of the direction that you are looking for is in that divine appointment. God didn't say, come up tomorrow. He said, come up now. Up in the morning, actually. Let's be specific. He said, come up in the morning, right? There's something about mornings with God. There's something before the day gets, there's something specific. And some of you need to just sacrifice two days in the week to wake up at 4 a.m. and spend time with God. Why? Because your freedom is connected to that. Yeah. Outside of rise and shine. (laughs) Yeah. Outside of the corporate prayer that you have. That, That should even be an addition. Everything we do here on a Sunday, Tuesdays, and it should be an addition. It's a bonus. It should even be confirming something that God's already speaking to you about. Right? Because guess what? I have fellowship with God. I walk with God. I've set up divine appointments with God where He's imparted into me. Amen? Amen. And I really sense prophetically that God is calling some of you up to come up. And when we say come up, I'm saying giving God your time. It's not even about fasting now because we can become so religious. Oh, the only way I'm going to get closer to God is if I fast and pray. But even after the fasting and praying, your life still looks the same. 
Let's not get religious with it, people of God. Sometimes God's not asking for your religiosity. He's asking for your heart. He's asking for your yes. And I think because we've been programmed sometimes in the church to think that if we do the 10 steps, that we're going to get breakthrough. When really all God is asking for you is you. And if he's asking for you, he's asking for your time. Right? And so I really believe that this is a time for you to set your divine appointments. I said to someone in the week, like, put it in your diary. Put an alarm in your phone. Get used to meeting with God. Like, make that a habit, right? Combine your habits. I walk every day. Okay, why can't you attach your time with God to that? But this is specific time that is specific and is about you hearing from God. Receiving from him. And I believe that God desires to impart. God desires to instruct. God desires to direct. God desires to heal and to affirm in that time. In your divine appointments with him. The question is, will you respond? And as I was praying into this message yesterday, I really sensed that God has been tugging at some of your hearts to come up. You're trying to figure things out for yourself. You're trying to put the connections together for yourself. And God is just like, he's probably up there like, look at, look, I love them so much. Wow. (laughs) They're really exerting energy in this season for something I can simply give to them in a moment. Performance. It's breaking that performance and coming into communion with God. So will you respond? Will you respond in this season? Like I said, it's not a religious response. It's not now, oh, I'm condemned now. No, 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 no. It's simply yes. Here I am. Yes. The second thing I want to highlight from this passage of scriptures, you have to be a host of God's presence to receive. You have to be a host of God's presence to receive. The sign of a good host, like we have an amazing friend, Marby's Kitchen, and you know, she is the most amazing host ever. Like, when you go to a house, even if you're passing through, you know you're going to eat. Like, you just know, like, you just know, even when there's been times, like, throughout the years of our, like, of our friendship and stuff where, I, listen, I, I know I'm hungry and that's, I know I don't want to spend money, so I know I can go to hers, right? And she knows, she knows what time it is, like, yo, you home, like, and she's just like, what do you have in the fridge? Now we just look in the fridge, you know what I mean? Because we know that there's something there for us, right? But she's such an amazing, and the thing is, she will plate the food, you know? Like, whether it be egg and plantain, my God, well, I'm hungry. Whether it, be, whether it be egg and plantain, do you get what I mean? Whether it be the finest chicken that she's made, she'll plate it up so well. She will engage, she'll create an atmosphere. She'll put candles on, play music, do you know what I mean? Like, she'll have games sometimes for it, like cards. Now she has these cards, and it's this card to get to know each other deeply. You know, she's an amazing host, like, 
like top tier. Do you know what I mean? Like obviously, like, when you come to ours, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you know where everything is. Do you know what I mean? But like she's an amazing host, and I believe that that's the type of energy we need to have when it comes to God, being a good host of His presence, right? Hosting Him, welcoming Him engaging him there's never a point at my friend's house where i feel like ignored like i'm not wanted like even if she's out i'm going for a nap she'll set things up do you like here's the tv this is what you listen you would think you're in five star right because she does it so well there's not there's not a point where you feel like you're by yourself right and that's the same type of attitude we should have for the presence of God imagine have you been to someone's house and it's clear they don't want you there like you've you've interfered with their energy like they're trying to rush you like even has there been a time you've called someone and you're like yeah how are you like you genuinely want to know and they're like yeah cool all right I'll call you call you later yeah do you know what I mean I remember my friend yeah she still does it now yeah one of my friends like we'll be talking and then she'll be like all right, cool, see you later, yeah? Like, in the middle. And sometimes I'll be like, no, like, what time I to be like, you know that you do that? She's like, yeah, you know, like. <laughs> like I'm like, you're going to ask how I am? And rush it, do you know what I mean? Like, you just feel, and it's not that she doesn't care. For her, she's just like, okay, now, like, we're done now. Like, I've got to go. But for me, it's just like, don't you care about me? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to ask me questions. But that's not her intent. But what I'm saying is, we've all been on the other side of feeling like we don't belong. Like ignored, right? Someone hasn't hosted us well, right? And that's probably how Jesus felt when it came to Martha. You invited me here. You let me come. Yet you're not engaging with me. You're not hosting me in the way that I desire for you to host. It's not about your food. It's about you being present. Right? Are you a good host of God's presence? Like, are you rushing him? Do you just place your burdens and then leave? Where's the opportunity for God to speak back to you? To empower you? To impart into you? Where's the opportunity for him to even reveal his heart to you? Right? Where is it? It was as Moses had this posture of hosting God's presence that he received. Right? And he received, firstly, the nature of God. Right? He received the nature of God. Let, let me go back to that scripture just to... Um, Clarify, it said, now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious. Some versions say Yahweh, Yahweh, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands. God was revealing his nature, his character. He was revealing himself, right? He was revealing his goodness to him. And you have to notice that before God gave, him, gave Moses his commands, he gave Moses his heart. And some of us go into the presence of God only to receive 
commands and instructions. Right? Some of us just go in to do work. I remember God years ago. I remember God saying to me, Susan, don't, don't come here for a word for them. This is not what this space is for. Right? This space is for you to have my heart. And let me tell you, some of my greatest times of deliverance have come from that place. The freedom you're looking for is in the revelation of God's heart towards you. Right? It was in that place that God broke the spirit of rejection, the fear of the future, anxiety, all of those things that, had, that I battled with in me, it was in the presence of God, me hosting his presence, not rushing, right? Hosting his presence, engaging with God. Here I am, your servant listens. What do you have to say, right? It's the same with Samuel, right? In 1 Samuel, when he came, God was calling him. It was until Eli said, just rest your head and say, here I am. And it was through that that he was able to receive. God wants your heart to cry, here I am. Here I am, God. I'm present with you. I'm in this moment with you. Nothing else matters in this moment, right? My phone is even switched off. I don't want anything to interrupt this moment because I put a premium on this moment. I want your heart, God. I need your heart. It's not even just that I want, I need it. I need your heart for me. I need to receive from you, God. And so the only thing that Moses had to do was show up. We host God's presence, not to work, but to receive his heart first. That's all Moses had to do. In all of the, he just said the first verse, he come up in the morning. He didn't need to work. He didn't need to perform. There wasn't a track list that he had to run through. No, all he had to do was show up with a heart to receive. Amen? Amen. And some of your greatest ideas, some of your greatest encounters will come when you have a posture that desires to host God. That's the only way. That's the only way. And so I really want to pause here. And I want to give you an opportunity. What is God desiring for you to receive right now? And we're just going to pause in this moment. And we're just going to still ourselves, still our minds, and just receive from him.
Hallelujah. And even in that moment, God may just, it may feel like it's random or it may seem like it's random, right? But it's the Holy Spirit imparting into you. He's speaking to you at every moment, but sometimes we just need to get still, right? Stop being busybodies, stop moving, just still ourselves in his presence. Because he wants to speak directly to your heart. A word in season, give us this day our daily bread. That's talking about bread for today. He wants to give you bread for today. Not bread that you can take into the next day. No, there is access to bread, every fresh bread every day. Fresh manna, fresh seed, fresh anointing for each day. Hallelujah. And so, even in that moment as you've written that down, that's something for you to continue to meditate on throughout the day. Amen. The presence of God, the third thing, the presence of God was made to change and empower you. That's the print of presence. That's the print of presence. Exodus 34, 29 to 30, it says, Now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. So when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come near him. That's the print of presence, right? To the point the appearance of Moses shifted as a result of him hosting the presence of God, right? His face was shining to the point when you read further down, his face was shining that they could, the children of Israel couldn't even contain it. They told him to put a veil on his face. It was too much glory for them. It was too much for them, right? But Moses had the print of presence. When we look at the definition of print, it is to impress something in or on, to stamp something such as a mark or in or on something, an indentation or mark made on a surface or or a soft substance. God desires to impress, to stamp his nature in you. As we host the presence of God, it's meant to change you. It's meant to transform you. That's how we get to that point where the world beholds. Because the presence of God is in our lives in such a way that we have changed, that we see the fruit of his presence in our lives in our character, in what we do. The way that Moses operated was a sign of the presence of God operating in his life. He moved and he lived from presence. He saw the significance of it. When you look in Exodus chapter 33, and God is like, I'm not coming with you guys, but I will give you the land, right? Moses was like, we don't want no land without you. Some of us would have been like, you know what, okay, <laughs> if we go get the blessing anyway, we might as well. No, but Moses was, he spent so much time, the Bible says that he talked with God face to face. He, had, he saw the significance of having God a part of it. 
He said, may I find grace in your sight in this moment? Like, we can't do it without you. And I believe it was, it was Tosan that said, you know, we can do this thing without God. It's very easy. Listen, I can come up here and do this thing with my eyes closed. I have the gift of the gab. I can do it. Right? But the impact is in the presence. The impact in terms of your creativity, what makes people stop is the presence that you carry, right? We have a friend of ours, really bigging up my friends today. We have a friend of ours, Alanuko Bemi. She creates wedding dresses, right? From back in the day when this girl was creating dresses, she would talk about, you know, how she received these designs. When you look at her designs, does that look like it's been crafted just ordinary? Do those designs just look like ordinary pieces? You can tell there is a touch that she has, right? And that's what it's about, right? It's, I'm in the presence of God. God is showing me his heart. He's also given me designs. He's also given me ideas. He's also given me templates. He's also given me my manual and my book. He's also given me these things. He's given me scripts. He's given me character names. He's doing different things. Listen, the presence of God. Listen, we can do this thing by ourselves, but with God, it's power. We want presence over the ordinary, right? I don't want to just have an ability. I want to give you guys a gift that's that's from above, right? I want you to experience God every time I sing, every time I move, every time I speak. Listen, I can be in HSBC speaking and they will still feel God because the presence is in me. There's been moments I've been at work and I've done a presentation and people have cried in the audience. Was it what I said? No, but they felt the presence. I want to have the print of presence. When I was coaching people and we're talking, they're not believers, but I see something in you from a God perspective that you are experiencing. You are experiencing presence. And if you're experiencing presence, it's not my own, it's Jehovah's. It's not my own, it's Jehovah's, right? There is a print in me that I'm imparting into you, right? There's a print in me that I'm imparting into you. Do you have the print of presence? Where are the marks of presence in your character? Where is it? Where's the indignation of of God working in you? Where's the evidence of God working in you? Do you have the fruit? Can people really see that you've transformed? There has to be a print of presence in the way you think. Even in the way you respond to life. Right? I'm not subject to the storms of life. Because I'm under the shelter of presence. Right? I don't conform to any negative thing that comes my way. Why I'm guarded in presence, right? One of my good friends, Carl Kennedy, he says that he wakes up early in the morning at 5 a.m. until 8 a.m. And he's, he, he calls it a time where God sows seeds into his identity. 
Are you allowing God to sow seeds into your identity, to affirm who you are, to affirm what you have inside of you? To remind you that you are qualified by him and him alone, right? You cannot tell me that you've spent time in the presence of God and you're still sinning and rebelling. You can't. You know God, but do you know God? Have you seen him revealed? You can't tell me that. Every time in the presence of God, there's a conviction of sin. There is a leading into all truth that occurs in the presence of God. I can't be ordinary because the presence of God doesn't permit me to be. I can't be like everyone else because the presence of God doesn't permit me to be. How much is your life governed by presence? There is a transformation that happens in the spirit when we host God's presence. When we are a true host of his presence that aligns us with his heart, it enables us to become. It enables us to become. It's time to be aligned. It's time to come up. What you've been given God, it worked for the last two, three years, but where he wants to take you, it can't work. It can't work. What you need is presence. What you need is God. And until you can identify your depravity, right, and your deep need for God, you'll never see the value in what that time with God has. I know how wretched I can be. Right? And so I know just as much as everybody else how much I need God. Right? Ephesians 5 verses 1, it says, Therefore be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. As well-beloved children, imitate their father. Right? How can we be imitators of God? How could you imitate someone that you're not with? Right? I'm sure that there are certain mannerisms that Tambo can testify to, that Ella can testify to, that, that Theo has, that only comes from them. Because he's with them, right? Imitating, even the ability to walk, how we, when you're, when you're speaking, a child is watching like a sponge to imitate, right? And do you know what it shows to me? Because they don't know anything else as a humility, being childlike in how we are. Like, you, God, I need to be like you. I don't know it all. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't know it all. Yeah. Encounters and actually knowing what God desires is two different things. Yeah. Just because I've had an encounter, it doesn't mean that I know it all. Yeah. Right? And people get prideful off of encounters or off of knowledge. But the real, real, real power is on how much you're on your knees in humility. It's not the duration, it's the fruit. It's not the duration, it's the fruit. And so in order for us to imitate God, for us to copy him and follow his example, we need to be, as in, in order for us to be printed, essentially, we need to be soft. God needs you to be soft so he can work. God needs you to be soft so he can work. And for some of you, you need that authentic encounter with God's presence. Daily, some of you, 
just because of your schedule, three times a week. One day, start with one day a week. But make it your mission to get into his presence and to host it. One hour is not enough. I'm sorry, I need to announce that. It's not enough. It was enough when you first got saved. Right? It was enough for the first two years. Now you're deep in this thing. Right? You're deep in it. You need two plus hours. Right? Your time has to match your stature. Your time has to match your stature. You can't tell me you're called to the nations and you're given babe, babe like. <laughs> that it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Give God your all. Match your stature. Right? And I believe that this message is an invitation for you to meet with God. The culture of A&T that we want here is that wherever you go, we're, we're building disciples, we're making disciples, but the culture that we want to cultivate is that wherever you are, people can see Christ before they see your gift. No matter where you are, fashion, arts, design, music, or, like your, your life is a picture of the grace of God. Your testimony is a picture of God's grace. And I believe that God wants to really deliver and he wants to heal and free certain people. He wants to break certain cycles in your life. He wants to break them completely off of your life. Some of us, as I was praying even yesterday, I really felt so strongly that God was just like, some of my children have become so comfortable in dysfunction. Wow. It's their norm. It's how they live. Like, it's, it's, if they don't have come into that moment in the cycle, it's like it, something is wrong. They need the dysfunction. But it's in the presence of God that that dysfunction can be eliminated, right? How do we break cycles by introducing something new? It's time to introduce something new. And so even now, I want to invite you to draw near to God. We're going to take a moment and we're just going to begin to share our hearts with the Lord. We're going to open our hearts up to him. We're going to make ourselves soft before him ready to experience the print of his presence. Hallelujah. Let's just begin to pray.
divine impartation, oh God, we want to receive from you in this moment, oh God, we want to have, Lord Jesus, your presence, oh God, Rea baba baba sikia da 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 da. Rea baba baba sikia da 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 da. Rea baba baba sikia da da da. Rea baba sikia da 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 da. Rea baba sikia da da. Yes, Jesus, oh God. Sikia da 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 da. Raba sikia da 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 da. Sikia da 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 da. Sikia da da. Hallelujah. Even now I just really sense the Lord saying that stop performing. Stop trying to work in my presence. Just be. And for some of you, you have been used to performing, to working as if you have to earn God's presence. But you no longer have to do that. Ephesians 2 verses 8, it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed and you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And even right now, I just want to pray and just speak right now that every form of religiosity and legalism and performance that has stopped us and withheld us from experiencing the fullness of God, that Lord, you will lift it right now. That you will give your children, yes, they are sons, you will give them a revelation of who they are in your eyes, God. You will give them a revelation, God. You will give, Lord, even in the Lord's prayer, you said, begin like this, our Father. And if you are our Father, Lord, that means that we are your children. And so, God, I pray a continuous revelation of this truth in the name of Jesus. That, Father God, you will break the spirit of the orphan right now in Jesus' name. And that, Lord, you will affirm the adoption that you did, Lord God, from the beginning, Lord God. When they put their faith in you. That, Lord, you will affirm their sonship in this season like never before. 
Hallelujah. God, I'm praying for divine encounters in this room, God. I'm praying divine encounters that they will they will encounter Yahweh, Yahweh. The Lord that is merciful. The Lord that is good. The Lord that forgives iniquity. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that this house will begin to encounter you in such a special way, Lord God. In such a unique way that will deliver them from evil. That will deliver them from ties. That will deliver them from restrictive cycles. That will deliver them, Lord God, from the lies of the enemy. From the agenda of the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy. Lord, I am praying an impartation of grace to seek you, oh God, to seek your face, Lord God, that Father, as they seek you, they will find you, and as they find you, they will find themselves in the name of Jesus. May they find you. May they find you, God. May they find you. May they discover who you are in the fullness and the richness of your love. I pray for a revelation of love in this house, oh God, like never before. Transform the children of God in this house, Lord God. May they have an encounter with your love. May they know the depth, the width, the length, Lord God, of your love for them. May they have supernatural encounter in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, pour out your love upon their hearts in this season like never before, oh God. Begin to break the spirit of condemnation. Begin to break the spirit of guilt begin to break the spirit of shame that has rested upon the hearts and the lives of your children that has followed them Lord God into this season I pray that there will be a breaking in the realm of the spirit oh God that enables them Lord God to move Lord God that will enable them to shift in the name of Jesus Holy Spirit I am asking that you will invade their hearts Lord may your presence erupt in their lives. May they have encounters with your tangible presence. That God, may they dream dreams and may they see visions in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for an arising in the room like never before. God, I I speak and I move in the spirit realm right now and I pull different people that aren't even here to move to the sound of your voice, to move to the march of heaven in the name of Jesus I make intercession right now oh God and I speak to depression I speak to anxiety I speak to heaviness in the name of Jesus that has been convulsing itself in this season oh God I speak to the spirit of torment right now the spirit of fear right now and I pray Lord your word says that whoever has torment and fear has not been perfected in love and I pray Holy Spirit perfect your love in your children remind them of how precious they are to you remind them that they don't have to perform for your love that they do not have to earn your love but you have freely given it God so they can freely receive it oh God Holy Spirit I am pulling these ones in the realm of the Spirit right now know the love of Christ know the love of Christ know the love of Christ that you are a good father and you have good gifts for them that every good gift comes from above and so father I am praying that they will connect with the good gifts you have given them in the form of community in the form of relationship in the form
your presence away from their loved ones. I speak to it right now. Kill out in the name of Jesus. You have no authority. You have no jurisdiction. Come under the jurisdiction of the blood of Jesus right now. I speak to word life in this room. I speak to prayer life in this room. And I pray that Lord, that we hear the whispers of your heart. They will hear the whispers of your heart. They will hear the pulse of your heart. Hallelujah. In that times of refreshing, in those times with you, Holy Spirit. Revive your children with your love. Revive them, Jesus, with your love. Hallelujah. Revive them with your love, God. Revive them with your love, Jesus. You leave the life and life for the one. Revive them with your love. You draw them with loving kindness, Lord God. You love them, God. And your love covers a multitude of sin. Your love covers a multitude of sin. Lord, tell them who they are in you. Tell them what you see when you look at them. That when you see them, you see their son, Lord God. Show them. <laughs> 